up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham, and again, this episode, our second one of the week. That is right. We are back to doing it two times a week. And once again, I am joined with the fabulous, the guy that has grown a fantastic beard right now, looking like he's about to just go chop down some trees, Mr. <laughs> Lumberjack, looking solid, Justin Trees. And then I'm joined by the, the clean-shaven, beautiful smile, wonderful voice singing Riley O'Brien. And boys, it's glad to be back with you this week. I missed you the three days that we haven't been together in this type of moment. So I hope this week has been good for you so far. It's been great. I will, I will have to admit that it is hard going back to work after a long weekend and you're thinking, okay, this week's going to go by fast because it's only four days, right? No, it's always longer. Like, I swear to God that, like, <laughs> I, I'm working like six days, not four days. Wait till next week when it's like, crap, I have a full week now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm thinking I just got to take some time off of work just because of that. Hey, I, I had that same thought, so I took off Friday. So I'm only working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. That's perfect. I, I'm actually a firm believer in companies that do Monday through Thursday and you get Friday off, but you work the 10 or 11 hour days for four days. I'm all for that. I'd much rather do that, but I've yet to find a company that doesn't. Yeah, I have one friend that does do that, and I'm jealous of him every single Friday when he's telling me he's golfing. But, I mean, I'm just a jealous man. That's what it comes down to. For sure, me for too. sure. So uh, let's go ahead and get right into the episode. We don't have a lot to talk about, but what we do have to talk about, let me tell you, pretty damn good. Especially if it's us guys go ahead and sit here talking football, you know, because that's kind of like what we do best here. Let's get right into Teresa's segment here, Trisivia. We almost need to create some type of song to send us into the segment, like a Trisivia, you know, and just fluctuate it back and forth. Maybe not my voice, someone else's in there. To me, that sounded good. To you guys, I'm sure it didn't. No, it was good, man. Let's get right into what you got here. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Let let me just save this real quick so I can have that recording. Uh, (laughs) All right. Okay, boys. Who is the first player in NFL history to record seven sacks in a single game? The first player to record seven sacks in a single game. Correct. Lawrence Taylor or Derek Thomas? Damn, you are good. You are good. Which one is it? Which one is it? I know Derek Thomas holds the record, but I think he holds the record because he beat Lawrence Taylor's record. So you're going to go with LT? No, Derek Thomas holds the record for most sacks in the game. Right, so but who won the first one that had the most that had seven sacks in the game was yeah, LT. Okay. You are incorrect. It was Derek Thomas. Should have gone with your gut, man. Dude, I, I so Lawrence default. Taylor had six oh. and in 1990 uh, Mr. Derek Thomas broke the record with seven. See, I don't, Austin wasn't it's, even. Yeah, that is the record is seven. I thought the record was eight. Uh, it might be eight now. I'm just saying. Who... No, that record hasn't been broken. That's why I thought it was okay. eight. Well, then it's seven still. Then it's oh, seven. Damn still. it! So then, yeah, I knew it was Derek Thomas. Shit! It was against the Seattle Seahawks. Correct. In Kansas City. Correct. And they lost the game. <laughs> yep, I'm reading hey, it true all Kansas that right City now. fashion, baby. <laughs> yep. There you go. There you go. All right, I'm gonna do one more just because that was kind of quick. I kind of didn't think you guys were gonna guess that. I, I a little bit thought you would just because it was Derek Thomas, but all right. 
Who has led the NFL in rushing eight times in the NFL? Barry Sanders. I don't think I don't know though that he played eight years. Danny Thomason. Nope. Old, older. Eric Dickerson. Ooh, he was close, but no. The answer is do you want one more guess before I tell you? Jim Brown. Yep, there you go. Whoa, good job. Go. That is go. good. Do you want Damn. one more? Do you want one more? Or you want me to say it for next week? Let's go ahead. I'm a football savant, baby. Okay, throw it go. at him. Throw it at him. All right. How many times did Dan Marino lead the NFL in passing yards? Six. Higher or lower trees? Lower. Three. Higher. Correct. Five. Five different times. Wow. That was my that was my original one that I was looking up because of our Dan Marino talk on Sunday. How many has Breeze had then? Two or three? It's gotta be at least three. I, I didn't Because I know it. he did a back to back at one point. Yeah. I, I'm gonna assume three, but I, I didn't look that one up. I was looking up strictly Dan Marino stats. That's why I think Patrick Mahomes is gonna have a similar type season, if not better than last year. Because uh, Drew Brees did it. Led the league in passing and, I believe, touchdown passes. And it came back the next year and did it again. So that actually brings up... I I tweeted about this yesterday, actually. I don't know if you saw that. But somebody posted... It was Pro Football Talk. Yeah. And they were, I, they were saying, is regression inevitable for Patrick Mahomes? And my reasoning was, yes, but not because he's getting worse. It's strictly oh. because of... The defense is going to be better, so they're not going to be as many shootouts, right? And I completely agreed with that, and I loved it. Yeah. I also like how much more you've been tweeting lately. I've, I've noticed that. I'm mean, going to have to turn your tweet notifications on, and I'm going to have to match you because I haven't been as active on Twitter <laughs> hey, as I should or want to be. I retweeted that uh, tweet from Treese from our uh, Talking Football account. And, um, yeah, I need to see more tweets out of both you guys. Unlock some of that uh, knowledge. And then you can go back and retweet it later and say, see, man, I called it. That is true. Yeah, that is true. That is true. We need, true. To, uh, we need to get our quotes in there. We, we do need to get our quotes. I agree. Yes. I, th- I think during football season, it'll be a lot better and easier to do that. Like when we're like, hey, this is going to happen this weekend or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Look for this. For sure. Um, I also tweeted about like, who is the most um, like random player? that like pops into your head when you think of college football. I tweeted about, or I, I retweeted an answer on that today. And my answer was Colt Brennan. <laughs> Why? Colt Brennan, because he's dude. fucking awesome, dude. Gunslinger. I was, I was obsessed with Colt Brennan. Like I bought that year. I bought like all this fucking Hawaii gear. Like I was obsessed <laughs> with him. <laughs> uh, he was so awesome. Like his story of like living in California, getting in trouble, fuck it, I'm moving to Hawaii and going to be a bum. And then, like, randomly, like, tried out for o- Hawaii and got onto the team. And then, what do you know? He's a Heisman finalist, got his team to the BCS Bowl. Like, he was awesome. Wow. Yeah, I've not heard of this before. When Dude, was it's, this? it's a cool story. Wait, do you not know who Cole Prennan is? No, I really the, don't. The age really? gap. So, no. I, well, Austin, I, I, I'll text you right now. So, 2009, it's when... It was so it was 
they were like kind of like the second or third BCS bust buster team behind like Utah and Boise State, and they were undefeated. Went to the BCS game against uh, Sugar Bowl against Georgia. Ended up getting their ass kicked, but he uh, he was a stud, dude. He was awesome. He he was throwing for he was setting records. I think he had the most passing yards and most passing touchdowns for the longest time until um, Case Keenum broke it. Wow. Yeah, he was awesome, and he would always dye his hair. So he would dye his hair blonde, and then do the Hawaii, like, all the islands on his head, like, dye the islands <laughs> on his head and stuff. It was so cool. And his visor game was straight fire. It was awesome. So, like, the old Ricky Williams visor that was, like, the rainbow. Yeah. Style, yeah, he would wear that style. And oh, oh, it, looked so, it looked so good with the Hawaii jerseys. It was awesome. Yo, after this podcast, spend five minutes... Google the um, highlights of Colt Brennan in Hawaii, and you're going to be like, yeah, I like this guy. But he threw a sidearm. That's why he, I don't think he was very successful in the NFL. That makes, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> um, all right, boys. Thanks for, thanks for joining in on that trivia. I, I need to step my game up a lot because that's back-to-back weeks, Austin. You got me. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You almost kind of want me to guess it, you know? Sometimes, actually, some yeah. I actually started feeling bad, like you, because you you went like a solid ten episodes without guessing it. Well, you know, you did add in a lot of stats. There was a lot That's of one, true. and it was hard for me to kind of process all of it and then run through all the teams. So, not to make excuses, but to one hundred percent make excuses, it was just really hard. I can't argue that. Can't argue <laughs> it. All but right. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry, take go us ahead. to the next one. All right. Cool. So. I want to bring up what's going on down in Duval County again. Yesterday, news broke that Nick Foles was going to be out of OTAs indefinitely for a family manner, matter. Family matter, I can speak. And I thought that was, you know, obviously you hope everything's going well with his family and nothing, nothing serious is happening. But it's also a good thing for the younger quarterbacks to get their chance. So it was good in that sense. But to move back into Nick Foles' talk, because the news just broke about a half hour ago, his wife just had a miscarriage, and I couldn't even imagine my wife going through that. I, I would absolutely need to take time off of work and be with my family and my wife and other kids and everything. So heartfelt condolences to the Foles family. Hope everything you know, everything sometimes happens for a reason, and hopefully they can make the best of it and maybe even bring awareness or something, right? And Absolutely. Be- Become a did- spokesman to help other families and individuals that are going through the exact same thing. Exactly. Did it, did it mention how far along she was by chance? I don't know if they would throw that detail in or... Uh... Um, I didn't read I didn't read the, the, the full article. The I whole thing, yeah. I only got halfway through by the time... We had to start this, so yeah. Um, but at I any mean, point, you know, at it, any point, yeah, yeah, it's a it's tough, but tough thing. No, but it was still a good question. So, yep, for sure. A few other things that I wanted to talk about, wanted to hear your guys' opinion on, is I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before. News broke that the NFLPA emailed a lot of the agents and told them, "Hey, get your clients ready." for a one-year lockout because this is going to get nasty during our negotiation period. And 
I don't know what I would do without football for a full year. I mean, awful. XFL would be a real thing, like because it's right at that time. Dude, that's why I'm. That's why I said when the AAF went down, that's kind of why I said the XFL is going to come in and be somewhat successful because they already know what they're doing. They've already had that trial and error run, and now they've seen what the NFL is not doing and what they can bring to the game. Because when the XFL first started, they're the ones that brought in the sky cam and the cheerleaders. Like they just brought in those things that make a huge impact on a team and an atmosphere and a home field. You know what I mean? And how it can just be viewed through a different sights and sounds and ways that people can enjoy the game. And that's the beauty of having different leagues. But as soon as it starts taking competition away from the NFL, that's kind of when things get a little iffy because you don't want, you know, some of the best players in the world playing on a different league. And then you get half talented over, you know, over talented leagues just because it's equally divided. But back to the main point here, I think the players have finally gotten to the point and Trish, we talked about this before we started recording the NFL players want what the NBA has and that's the guaranteed money. They want that big contract. They don't care how many people are on the team. They just want to know that when they get paid, they're getting their money, and no matter what happens, and everything is going to be all right. Instead of getting a six-year contract, in all reality, it's a two- or three-year contract. And then they miss out on half of that, you know, however much the price was. You know, that, that put it into perspective for me, and I know I've managed to mention Stafford on every single episode that we do, but when he was going up for his extension, somebody tweeted out, Matt Stafford getting that C.J. McCollum money. And it just put it into perspective to me, like, you know, C.J. McCollum's a really, really good basketball player, but he hasn't made an all-star team. And that the, the scale, the pay scale difference is just, it's astronomical. I see where the players are coming from, but pray to God that they, I don't want to have to live my life without football. Yeah, and Hopefully it's the they- same way in baseball, too. I mean, they just make so much more money, but it doesn't make any sense because the NFL makes, I don't even want to just throw out a percentage or any rankings, but I just know that the NFL makes a lot of money due to TV deals and they get more viewings on a per game basis than what the NBA Eastern conference finals game seven. Yeah. Like an NFL regular season game already has more viewers than a game seven in NBA. That's massive. Yeah, you have the Bengals versus Browns, or I shouldn't say Browns. Well, Browns in the past, but like Bengals versus Broncos this year is probably going to get more viewers than the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So this is what I'm thinking. NFL may be like, okay, let's move that guaranteed money over to you guys. We'll give you that. But what do we get in return? And you know what they're going to say. 18-game season schedule. And exp- expand the playoffs, like more wild more card teams. games, or yeah, more wild card games. You know they're gonna want that because that's how they're gonna make their money back. I would rather them do that, but take away the preseason games because yeah. by the time you get to preseason it, game four, it's just kind of like a throwaway game. Anyways. It is, but yeah, for at sure. the same and, time, and that, it's an opportunity for guys right? to earn their keep on a team. Yeah, exactly. I th- I think that's what it would be the give and take between players and the actual NFL. Yikes. I just so. hope it really doesn't take a year. Kind of like what we all start. The main point here was a year without the NFL, without 
Kansas City Chiefs, Jacksonville Jaguars, New England Patriots, the Detroit Lions are probably one of the last teams that we're even going to care about. Then maybe the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, I mean, it's just that's what we're going to miss out on. You know what I mean? I don't want to watch the St. Louis Commanders or whatever the XFL team is. I don't, you know, I don't care about that. Yep. Totally agree. I mean, I would even miss Tom Brady's stupid face. Like, I would even miss that. Well, hopefully he's retired by then and he's gone anyways. I mean, a lockout for a full year might get him to retire. <laughs> that, that lockout. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Let's lock this bitch out. Let's do it. Totally. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, speaking of NBA, since you kind of brought that up. I know this is a football podcast, but let's let's spend a few minutes here talking about these finals. Guess who podcast it is, though? It's ours. It's our podcast, so we can talk about what we want. I want to bring up one thing, and I tweeted about it already. I was put on this earth to be in charge of the NBA schedule committee because it's hot garbage. It's garbage how they manage their schedule. What would you change? I would change that, not as long as breaks. I mean, I don't see how a playoff series should last like 20 days. And right. I get that, like there's a lot of travel time, but like it should be like every other day. The first time you switch to home or switch the courts, right? So game between games two and three, right? right? right. Yeah, sure. Have an extra day that time. But from that point forward, it's just every other day from that point on. And if games series end sooner don't keep the same schedule move it up and Mm -hmm. the way that they like sometimes like playoff games like they would always have like earlier in the playoff series they would have games at like 11 a.m and like 2 p.m i mean our time and then not one at night time i mean everybody's home on sunday night like don't nobody's home during the morning and afternoon that's when people are out and about doing things it's garbage who they choose? I mean, the NFL. I hate. The, I hate how they do it sometimes because it usually affects the Jags in a negative way. But like flexing games, they should flex more the Saturday yeah. night games. Like Saturday night is supposed to be like NBA's primetime games, and with when you know guys are sitting out, like try to try to maneuver things if you can. Yeah. No. So if if the Raptors had swept the Bucks, and the Warriors did sweep the Blazers. They don't. They don't say, "Okay, shit, we got both teams. Let's let's roll the ball out there and go play." They're waiting, and they had this, I, they had their set date. And I saw like the Raptors, uh, twenty one Pilots was scheduled to do a concert at their arena, and it coincides with one of these first games, and so they just scrapped it. Just goes to show, like, well, nothing's gonna take precedence over that, uh, you know, that major of an event. So yeah, like, you're you're the king of the arena, take it. Absolutely, I, I would love that. Yeah, and speaking of Raptors, the whole Jurassic Park thing is fucking awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it is so cool, and I think a lot of other arenas should try to do that. At, at this point, this might be a good time for Austin to let all of our listeners know your feelings about Drake Austin. You've told us how much you love him. Are you a fan of Drake Austin? <laughs> You've you got what? all of his CDs? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just, I just feel like if you were courtside... You know, I think that you would stand up and rub the head coach's shoulders. I just think I see some similarities between you and Drake. No, nope, I probably wouldn't touch the head coach. <laughs> because that's not my place. 
<laughs> I'm there to watch a basketball game. I'm not there to rub the head coach's shoulders. Now, if I am in that situation and I was with the team and I had watched the coach from the last two years somehow allow the team to choke going into a game seven or right before the Eastern Conference Finals, then, yeah, maybe with this new coach, you'd be like, hey, man, have a little shoulder rub. Yeah, have a little yeah. NBA Finals. More than just a little shoulder rub. Come- no, I'm just kidding. That's a little too far. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Back it up. My bad, my bad. Well, but Drake. <laughs> with the NBA, I think a huge thing kind of going back to the viewership that the NFL has over the MLB and the NBA is what channels these games are on. Like the NFL has their games on CBS, NBC, ESPN, and NFL Network. And Fox. I don't think they have any on ABC, do they? And Fox, no, but that's Fox. right. My bad. Exactly. The NBA has ABC at times and TNT, ESPN, and NBA TV. I'm not paying to watch a freaking basketball game in November. And I'm not paying to watch one in February. I don't give a shit about it then. And most of the, t- most of the time, those games start like when people are still at work or like just getting off of work. So by the time exactly. I get home, I'm like, cool, it's halftime. What happened in the first half? Yeah. And then... With the difference on the East Coast and the West Coast, I haven't, I didn't watch LeBron James play one basketball game. Steph Curry, haven't seen him play a basketball game. Mike Trout, never seen him play a baseball game. I have never seen him in a play a baseball game. Like it's just I'm not on the West Coast, so yeah, when it's cool. on at nine or ten o'clock, I'm out because it's probably not on local channels, and I'm yep. doing my other stuff. I'm going to bed. I may be out. I ain't sitting there watching a freaking game. Yeah, it's also extremely hard to watch a baseball game on TV, just for the record. I love going to baseball games and watching baseball games, but on TV, I lose interest. Yeah. I don't think I've what ever watched do you guys game. go to? I'm not being a smartass. Like, just baseball games, what games do you guys go to? Salt Lake Bees. We have a local team. So it's a triple-A team for the Angels. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's where we got to go and see Mike Trout for a uh, whopping two weeks. <laughs> A good two well, weeks, he is the man. best player in the MLB that no one ever fucking talks about. Yeah, no, seriously. And their marketing w- department blows. Yeah, it's garbage. Like, it's insane how bad it is. But they're going to keep talking. I mean, it's because it's New York, but they're going to keep talking about, like, Stanton a shit ton or Judge, but they're not going to talk about Mike Trout. They don't do anything. Yeah. Strike yeah. out, hit a home run. 50 yep, 50. That's it. <laughs> yep, exactly. For sure. All right, moving back into the football world here. Thank God. We did see a little highlight play yesterday or today. I can't remember what, yesterday, right? That it yesterday came out. for the people that are listening. Today for yeah. us. Yes. And it is coming out of Cleveland, and it's a Baker Mayfield dime to Higgins. What do you think of that play? Well, when I was watching Mayfield roll out, I was like, all right, pretty cool. And then he throws it with his feet not set. And I was like, all right, it's a pretty good ball. And then you see two defensive players, and you're like, what the hell, where is he throwing this? And then Higgins comes out of freaking nowhere like a bullet shot out of a gun, crosses the two defenders behind them, (laughs) reaches out, catches the ball, has one foot planted, and then drags the other one. The play is called incomplete in practice. He goes, nope, 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 run it back, run it back. Points to the camera. Sure enough, both feet are in, 
Baker Mayfield throws a dime. Very impressive, but it's not what I like to see. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the fact that the Browns are finally successful and they've been so bad. I don't want to have to deal with the possibility of them being good this quickly because I'm <laughs> just now 100% used to them sucking ass for this long where I don't want to see them just be like, hey, we got our guy. Look at us. Oh, we're Browns fans. You know, I just don't want to deal with that cockiness from them because I know exactly what's going to happen with it. For me, amazing play. Props to everybody, but back to why I think they're going 500. Their defense isn't going to be very good, and I'm going to blame on their shitty defensive backs on why that wasn't picked off. Oh my god, you're such a pessimist. I really am. <laughs> did I even say that word right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you're you good. are. Yeah, you're good. Cool. Don't don't doubt yourself, man. Don't doubt all yourself. All right, all right, all right. Uh, and pretty but good really play, dumb. but it was an amazing play. It's an amazing play, and I'm not going to take that away from him. But no, I want you definitely have to be like, hey man, that's a cool play, but sorry, your defense fucking sucks. Yeah, but I want to, I want to see you do that in October. I, I don't really care about you doing it in May. I just, I just Maybe wish in that December. Jalen Ramsey should have tweeted out that the play was Trash. overrated. Yeah, and then Austin can say, well, I don't know what to do because I don't want Baker to be good. But here's Jalen talking again, and then this whole like triangle just goes back and forth. But yeah, if that. Jalen Ramsey's on that field. Ball belongs to the defense, right, Treese? There's no way he lets that ball get completed. Damn straight. Him or AJ Boye picked that shit off. Doesn't 100%. Matter. 100%. 100%. Best corners in the league. Yep. On the same team. Man, can you believe it? That's wild. I mean... <laughs> Dude, I, that's knucking futs. It really is. <laughs> but that's what, I, that's what I got dealt. I got dealt a tight end at quarterback, but I got the two be- I got two of the best corners. <laughs> hey, you got got with two of the best corners. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah, boy, we're winning a lot. <laughs> we're winning. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, to get back on track here, let's head into our next segment. We want to go ahead and predict what some of the awards might be after the NFL season is over. Of course, we're just now in the OTA season, so thank God there hasn't been any major injuries. I hope that doesn't happen this year. I felt like last season and the year before, the NFL was just plagued with a lot of their superstars being injured and sitting out majority of the year. Um, no one likes to see that. So what we want to do right now is predict, kind of like what we did last week with projecting the odds of what team, what the team's record is going to be on an over-under basis. We want to predict the MVP, Coach of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, you get it, so on and so forth. So, Trees, starting with the NFL MVP for the 2020 season, who do you got? I did not want to go first here, but I will go first. How about this? I'll go I'll go a little bit hot takey here. Jared Goff. Damn. Here's my reasoning. Please. I think that they're not going to want to run Gurley into the ground like they did last year. Mm-hmm. And so that means they're going to pass it more. And I think that McVay is going to continue to make it plays that his wide receivers are open and let's not forget whatever week that they played the chiefs week nine ten something like that last year yeah it was those two right like everybody was like it's the two mvp candidates whoever wins this game may win the mvp that was yeah that was the talk and i think that golf finds a way to keep going my only doubt here is there's there is that little bit of the curse of the losing team in the Super Bowl. They always struggle the next year. So 
there is that worry, but I'm going to stick with it. Jared Goff. That's a great like pick. It. Great pick. And for me, I'm going to go with kind of what I mentioned when we first started doing all this. Jimmy Garoppolo. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. If he's in that game, he probably makes a comeback and beats the Chiefs. Now, after seeing what Patrick Mahomes did later in the season, that's a pretty good inning to a game about week two or three with the Chiefs having their home opener. That's a pretty good start to the year for both of these guys. But instead, he tries to make another play and hit D Ford, which is now his teammate, and he tears his ACL. But now he's coming back. This is the year of redemption. This is the year for him to show that he is the guy and that he is worth all the money that the 49ers paid him after only getting to see six games of him. So for me, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is sitting atop at the NFL next year for the MVP with Kyle Shanahan and that offense, the weapons that he has with Goodwin, George Kittle, now Debo Samuel. Um, who's the other kid out of Washington that they have? I can't remember his Pettis. name. Pettis. Pettis. He showed out last year, especially in the red zone. I mean, those are pretty good three, four set wide receivers to have, and they're already set at the running back position with McKinnon, and they've done nothing but add to it. The 49ers, if they get their defense rolling and they can stay healthy as a unit, they could be a team that surprises a lot of people this next year. I love that. I really do, and I would love to see it. Uh, we've talked about this. I know you've mentioned that, obviously, like you said, but I think that this is a big year for the Niners, and they need to actually produce uh, enough with the We've had injuries. We've had this. We've had that. It's time. It's time to actually win some ball games. Absolutely. Right on. Both of those excellent picks, Jimmy G, Jared Goff, Coach of the Year. Who are you guys thinking? Austin, let's start with you this time. Um, it's going to be a guy that I think's deserved it the last couple years. Um, it's probably not going to be a surprise to you guys or anyone that consistently li- consistently listens to this pod, but it's going to be Andy Reid. That guy came into Kansas City after watching them go on a 2-14 and 14 record. They came in, almost made it to the playoffs. Next year, they go to the playoffs, and they've been there ever since. This is a guy that has continued to build this team, has continued to create plays, create new plays in new schemes that have other defensive coordinators scratching their heads and have offensive coordinators going, let's install that in our offense. Let's figure out what's going on and let's put it in ours because, boy, it works for them, and it's going to work for us. So that's the guy that I think comes atop this next year, especially if the Chiefs find their way into the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw that one coming. (laughs) Um, Of course you did. I'm going to go with Sean McDermott, Bills head coach. Yeah, we went back. I was listening to the Bills uh, over under or the uh, betting odds last episode. Treese, you were very confident in the Bills. And so what? what's your confidence? Where does that come from with the Bills? I think that the defense is completely underrated. It was the number one defense last year. McDermott is a defensive-minded coach. They're going to be ready. I think that they got a lot of speedsters on the offense and free agency. They spent a shit ton of money on trying to fix the offensive line. And if we know anything about Josh Allen, it's one, he's very good at scrambling, and two, may have the strongest arm in the NFL. And with all those speedsters, he's going to make some big-time throws there. And I think that he makes a big enough difference there that they can move forward. And I don't think that they're going to rely on Shady McCoy. Actually, I don't even mm-hmm. think he's on the team by the start of the year. I think it's going to be the Frank Gore show, the TJ Yeldon show, and who did they Singletary and Singletary. I think that they're going to roll with those three as a three-headed monster. And 
I think that they get into the playoffs at nine and seven, and everybody's going to be like, man, this team doesn't have any of those star studded guys and they made the playoffs and they're a really, really good team. And that's going to get guys to vote for them. I 100% agree with that. You're a closet bills fan. Um, I'm just going to go ahead (laughs) now. And I think that's something we both need to tweet out our predictions for the bills. Like we need to kind of get that rolling for both of us because we're on that same bandwagon. We're on that same wagon boat, whatever the hell you want to call it. We're both on it. Just like we were with miles Sanders. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny because there's this big riff in Twitter world between Jaguars fans and Bills fans. Like they hate each other for some unknown reason, but they do. I, th- I think it's one, we knocked them out of the playoffs when they hadn't made it in 20 years. Uh, and two, the whole Jalen Ramsey, Josh Allen's trash. Yeah. Situation. That's enough. That That's enough to cause a fan base to dislike the other. But don't forget sense. who made the pick to seal the deal. Yeah, the king of Duval. Smith. <laughs> he, he did make he did make a lot of good plays during that game. Actually, all right, cool. Let's see what is next here. Offensive player of the year. Who do you got, Austin? This one I've been battling with just because I don't know if it's going to be a skill position player or if it ends up being a quarterback as well. Just because the way that the NFL has turned with the defensive rules. I know I'm talking myself into this or out of it, whatever you want to consider, but I'm going to stick with the skills player here. Oh, man. Oh, man. I still don't know. I want to take – who do I want to take? Amari Cooper or Ezekiel Elliott? It's going to be one of those two. Like, one of those guys is going to light it up in Dallas. They're going to figure it out. Dak Prescott's going to want to show that he is worth the contract if he hasn't received it yet, which I think might be a little ridiculous if he hasn't yet. Um, at that point at the start of the season, especially being in the middle of it. But Amari Cooper, man, him getting a fresh start out of Oakland was the best thing that could have happened to him. And Zeke, after getting off that suspension, him about to get a ton of money or whether they just decide to run him in the ground this year and he is fighting for, you know, this is considered his contract year during the season if they don't get him signed. Both of them are going to be on a tear. And the Cowboys, damn, they just keep looking good. And we keep talking about him each episode. Yeah, Absolutely. If I was if I was the Cowboys, you technically have Zeke for two more years. You have him for year four, and then you get him for the fifth year option. Like you said, run his ass into the ground. If he seems like he's got enough in the tank, then yeah, sure, sign him to a, a smaller deal, like a two year deal. Mm-hmm. Like and just be like, hey, we'll give you fully guaranteed two more years, and then just get him done there. Right? Like, don't don't worry about this six-year contract with him. As good as Zeke is, and he's unbelievable. Yeah. I think he's the best the best running back in the NFL. But six years, seven years out of a running back for how much he carries the ball, that's enough on a body. Yeah, that's just smart. This is smart business sense, Therese, looking at it from the team perspective. I think that makes a lot of sense. I am going to go with David Johnson out of Arizona. That's a good pick. I think he hits that 2,000 all-purpose yards this game, this season. That's a great pick. Rookie quarterback there. He's there. Yeah. Like, yeah. What else are they going to do? And he's going to catch a shit ton of balls out of the backfield. He's the only one that's going to carry it. There's no other options there. Yeah, it's easy to forget how good he was. I remember he, he yes. got hurt. How good See, he is. He is, yeah. Was before the injury, but still is. Still will be, yeah. Can't wait to see that. Yeah, that's a great pick. Defensively, 
for the defensive player of the year, Austin, what are you thinking? Oh, defensive player of the year, Chris Jones. That dude is about to get paid a lot of money. Yeah, I'm going to just stick with my homer here, but I've said it before. That dude has not been talked about enough, and it's for absolutely no reason that can make sense to me on why he hasn't been. Tied the record for most consecutive games with a sack. Came up at the biggest moments in games. Had a pick six against the Jaguars. Ended Blake Bortles' career pretty much. Let's just go ahead and put it there. He did. And he just comes in and makes plays. And he's become the leader of that team. He's a guy that's not in practice or OTAs right now. But, man, he's training in Florida, and the dude looks great. I've been following him along. He predicted the year before, hey, we missed the AFC Championship game. We'll be there next year. Where were the Chiefs this past season? AFC Championship game. Super Bowl comes around. He goes, hey, we're going to be there next year. We're not there yet, but, man, I hope he's right, and I hope he continues to make predictions like that because I love the dude. I love his personality. He's great in Kansas City. And, baby, let's just keep rolling with Defensive Player of the Year for Chris Jones. I love it. Just because I want to get another option out of you, if you had to name someone else, who else would were you thinking? Yannick Ngakwe. Awesome. Like that. So I'm going to go with actually another defensive lineman in Jacksonville, and I'm going to go with Calais Campbell. So Calais really? Campbell, yet yeah, two years ago, barely lost to Aaron Donald like by like, a couple of votes. Mm-hmm. And then last year... Didn't get the credit because he didn't get the sacks, but he still led, I think, the league or was top three in the league in uh, quarterback pressures and was still ranked by Pro Football Focus the like the top end, the defensive end in football. He had like a 92.0 rating, which was higher than Khalil Mack. So I think that now that they're going back to – what they had two years ago, subbing out Fowler for Josh Allen, I think that teams aren't going to be able to focus on him in the middle, and he's going to just be plowing through guards and centers. And while they, he's got two speedsters on the outside, I think that he's going to have a huge monster year. Yeah, that that frees him up a bunch. And you've said, Trace, that you previously in the podcast, you've said that you think this might be his last year with Jacksonville. If this happens, as you've just described it, does he get another deal? He doesn't get another. Well, he still has one more year on his contract after this, so they would just they would just write. They out would just honor that. Okay. Yeah, and he's not getting another deal. By the time he's done with this deal, he'll be thirty six. Okay, no, that makes perfect sense. Would love to see it. Cool. All right, I now let's move on to these rookies. So we have offensive rookie of the year. Austin, would you like to go first? Or you want me to handle this one first? You go ahead, dude. All right, I can start us off, and I'm going to go with Hollywood Brown for the Baltimore Ravens. I got to I got to stick up with my Ravens are winning that division, so I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. That makes sense. I just don't know if I see it or believe it. I just don't know if I do. But uh, for me, this is a guy that uh, we just talked about, and how we how I just mentioned we need to get on Twitter about it, Miles Sanders. I don't know what it is. I just have a feeling that Doug Peterson's looking at his team and goes, we have not had a running back position solidified. We have not had this yet. This is going to be great. This is going to be fantastic. We have a guy that can catch the ball in the backfield. We have a guy that can run between the tackles, can run outside, can do everything that you want a running back to do, and he's going to do it successfully. 
especially while you're kind of missing out on your wide receivers. You don't really have that other one or two option outside of Zach Ertz or Alshon Jeffrey, but, but you do right there in Miles Sanders. For, for me, so for me, I'm going to go with him, and I just think that he's going to be popping up, and a lot of people are going to be going, why did we not have him going any higher? I'm not going to argue that because I love that. I, last episode, I did bring up my concerns about <clears throat> him maybe not winning Rookie of the Year and my reasonings, but I, I would love to see it. There's a lot of other... I, I'm going through the list as you were talking. There's so many other good options. I mean, Nikhil Harry, you have obviously any quarterback. You have Montgomery in Chicago. Like, There's a lot of good options that I could, I'd could. i be like, not surprised that they want yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even uh, with third-round players. Absolutely. I mean, Montgomery was a third-round player. TK, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. I mean, either of those guys could just explode. Yeah, absolutely. And one one of the one of those two will. It's just mm-hmm. which one does, right? Like one of those two absolutely will. And I'm starting to I'm starting to think that it's gonna be AJ Brown. I liked I like where DK Metcalf's at, but I feel like Lockett's gonna be doing enough and they have the two Browns wide receivers. They're both both their names are Brown, Jaron Brown and I can't remember the other guy's name. They, that are big body guys that kind of do what they would want Metcalf to do. So I could see him kind of getting it kind of getting like looped in with that. But AJ Brown is going to be the guy in Tennessee. I'll agree with that. All right. We got defensive rookie of the year. Who do you got Austin? I'm going to say this. So you can't take it. Josh Allen. Defensive lineman, Jacksonville Jaguars. That dude looks pretty good. He fell in the round, was picked after Quinnen Williams, Nick Bosa. He's sitting there going, hey, I played in the SEC. I tore it up. We had the number one ranked defense. My coach is in the NFL because of it, and I'm a huge impact to that. I've had a, a long road to getting here, and he's only getting stronger, and he's only getting faster. And you put him in that Jacksonville defense where they're going to have to focus on Yannick Ngakwe, Calais Campbell, whoever else, whatever other big guy they got there along that defensive line, and then you throw in Josh Allen. I mean, it's which perfect. one you gonna block? Yeah, you, someone's got to go. Exactly, and that other guy is either Marcel Darius or Taven Bride. You know, and, and you're right, Austin. Like he fell, and obviously, if you're a prospect, you want to go as high as as you possibly can. But would you rather be? the seventh overall pick, and go to that scenario. We've talked about how good of a situation it is for for Josh Allen or one of these other guys. I mean, they've all got confidence in themselves. But, man, I just I kept thinking that, man. If I'm Josh Allen, I'd rather go back a couple of picks and just go – he is going to ball out in Jacksonville with all that talent around him. I mean, it's – I still to this day can't believe they got him. I'm happy for Treese's sake that they did. I expect big things out of him this year and every year for his career. For me, the easy pick is Devin White, but I'm going to stay away from the easy pick, and I'm going to go with another guy that actually fell to a very, very good spot, and that's Montez Sweat for the Washington Redskins. I think him on the opposite side of Ryan Kerrigan is going to be an awesome duo, and he's in a division where two of those quarterbacks love to hold on to the ball a little bit longer, trust their legs in... Wentz and in Dak I could see him getting a couple extra sacks this season just because those guys are trying to make a play and holding on to the ball a little too long 
who's a guy that does that a lot in that division that you did not mention for some reason. Eli Manning. Exactly. He just freaking sits there. Yeah. He yeah. Gets that oh shit look on, on his face. Yeah, he holds on to the ball for a long time, but doesn't <laughs> scramble around, which was exactly. my point. Right. You're very you are very right on that. Damn, that's I a had good not... pick. Montez Sweat, correct? Yep. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that, but just looking at it even on that standpoint, um, with that depth, just who's he playing? That that's another really good pick, Trees. Good stuff. Oh, awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Good stuff, guys. All right, Austin, take us in. We got comeback player of the year. Which direction are you going to go here? Yes. So I'm going with the guy that necessarily wasn't injured last year. Just decided to kind of go ahead and take a voluntary year off. Maybe didn't plan on it being an entire year, but that's eventually what it turned out to be. And now he's back with a new team, a new contract, with a new head coach, and a shitty organization. And that guy is Le'Veon Bell. I have him as a comeback player of the year because that dude is working out with none other than my predicted defensive player of the year in Chris Jones. So both of them working out, both of them getting in good shape, ready to prove that they're worth it and they still got it. Let's go, man, because him with Sam Darnold and that offense and that with Adam Gase and him having something to prove, that's going to be quite the show in New York. Those videos of him – those highlights where he's doing was it like somebody said he just looks like a wide receiver number one he's like that's not even me fully trying man yeah, he's just so smooth on the field dude yeah riley's regarding to a video that came out like somewhat of a highlight tape for um practice reps of him running out as a wide receiver and one-on-one drills and just absolutely burning defensive backs and uh someone goes wow check this out you know just as good as a wide receiver and he responded back to it that's nothing <laughs> he's a beast man yeah i mean two years ago he, or last year i should say he he said i want to get paid like i'm a number one running back and wide receiver because i do so much on both sides so not surprising at all all right here's mine i i was i was really down to two and i couldn't decide on which one i wanted to go with but i'm gonna i'm gonna follow in the footsteps of austin with running back to put my money where my mouth is with the minnesota vikings I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. I think that he is going to have a monster year, and he is going to lead that team back to the playoffs and a deep run in the playoffs. I'm not even going to argue that. I have not. I have nothing negative to say about that because that's a great pick. That Thank is you. very, very, very nice. Awesome. All right. That was a fun little segment. I got one more that I want to talk to you about, and this idea actually came from my wife. So I thought it would be fun that she actually was involved in this. She we wants want a name to... drop, by the way. Sorry to interrupt you here. Do you want a name drop? My wife's name? Maybe yeah. you drop a little something yeah. special for uh, my her. My wife's so when name she is Jasmine. And she's awesome. <laughs> and she came up with this idea. So here we go. If we were NFL players and we were getting ready for the My Cleats, My Cause weeks, which I believe is like two or three weeks now. What would be our cause and how would we want our cleats to look? That's a great question. And Trace, you asked me this early in the day to kind of give me some time to think on it. And I thought of it immediately. And it was at least I wanted to do at least two. I figured I could do one shoe with one cause and the other shoe another cause. Um, and one of those causes would be cancer. Just every aspect of it. Cancer sucks, man. The way it affects people emotionally, physically, their families, family members, 
themselves. That's something that you just you hate to see. You hate to experience it. Whether it's affecting you personally or indirectly, you just hate the effects of it. And the thought that there is a cure out there that just hasn't been released yet or the numerous amounts of cures that they are saying are out there, but how much they cost. Just top to bottom, cancer sucks, man. So that's one shoe for me. And then the other one's going to be mental awareness. That's something that I think a lot of people talk about, but it's something that just kind of gets said and then nobody follows through with it, if that makes any sense. You know, a lot of people can say, hey, if you need anything, reach out to me. How many times have you asked someone or told someone, hey, if you need anything, reach out to me? I mean, realistically, just sit back and say, how many times have I asked someone that? And you guys don't have to answer this right now, but how many times have you said that to someone, but you never followed through and just asked them randomly? I heard this one time, and it made a huge difference in my life on how I like to help other people. I don't say, hey, if you need anything, reach out to me. Hey, I'll reach out to you next week and see how you're doing. And then you do that every, you do it either every day or you do it every week, but you tell someone you're going to do something and then you do it for them because that builds something that they can rely on and they can lean on whether you think they need it or not. A lot of people go through a lot of stuff and you don't know what's going on behind that smile or that look on their face when they're sitting there. So for me, mental awareness, that's a big thing. A lot of people like to shrug a lot of things off and just kind of sweep it underneath the rug. But man, if something is going on, you cannot be scared to talk about it. You cannot continue to hold it in. So for me, personally, this is a great question and I love it. This isn't something I've talked to you guys a lot about. It's kind of the first time I've really ever been open about it. But this stuff, you know, does play a toll in people's lives. And so if I had the opportunity to put it on my cleat and represent it, I would do it very loudly and I would do it proudly. And that's exactly what I would do. Would I have mental awareness on one side and then I'll have cancer on the other. I fucking love it, dude. I really do. That is awesome. I, I love every word that you just said. So props to you, man. And I also want to bring up that I love that the NFL came out last week and said that they're doing mandatory mental health checks on all the players, giving them that opportunity to have a coach or a doctor, whatever you want to call them, inside the building at all times that you can go to and talk to. I think that that's a huge step forward in the NFL. So I think that is awesome. Yeah. And that's not a weakness. That's what a lot of people need to realize as well. Admitting what's going on or expressing a fear or thought or any struggle, that's not a weakness. Sometimes the strongest thing you can do or the most powerful thing you can do is admit a weakness or a struggle. Because what's that going to do? That's going to bring it to light, and it gives you the opportunity to make that a strength. Instead of, a, instead of allowing it to be a thing that sits in a corner and con continues to collect dust, and then when that dust gets too heavy and it collapses, it's too late for you. Mm -hmm. Shine some light on it, face it, own up to it, and live it, man. Talk about it. Just figure it out. It's okay. Everything will be all right. And Don't know that you're not alone. In. Exactly. Yep. 100%. My cause would be for type 1 diabetes. So for a lot of people that don't know this, Austin, I don't even think you know this. My wife is a type 1 diabetic. Type 1 diabetes is known as like the infant diabetes. Like you usually get it within the first year or two that you're born. And then you have it from there. And basically what it means is your pancreas stopped working. So you're not getting insulin. It's not because of a bad diet or anything like that like type 2 is. Type 1 is your body is actually failing you. My wife did not get it until she was 21 years old. 
So we thought she was just super sick, and we were just fighting it off for weeks and weeks. And of course, so what happens is when your pancreas really starts to fail, your blood sugar actually rises to like a dangerous level. So average person's levels, usually in the 100 range, right, give or take some, she was in the 500s. And we obviously did not know this. And so what do you do when somebody's sick? You go and get them ice cream. You go and get them a juice. You give them a, like a Sprite to uh, fix their upset tummy, stomach, you know, like whatever. And so all I was doing was fucking making her blood sugar raise higher and higher. Like ridiculous. So the awareness needs to be is the, the big difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes and how hard type 1 diabetes actually is to live with. Like, you are literally having to count every single carb you eat. Every single carb. And then you have to give yourself an insulin shot every single time you have something. Like, literally for the rest of your life. Every single time. Like, you, you can't have, like, this cheat, oh, I'm going to have, like, a slice of bread and not give yourself insulin. That's not how it works. And when you go in, like, work out, your blood sugar's drop at a crazy rate sometimes so like my wife has to literally carry one of those juice boxes that you give kids she literally has to carry one of those with her when she's at the gym in case she starts to drop low and she has to hurry and drink it like that's how serious it is and you can drop in an instant and if you give yourself too much insulin you literally can die within within a couple minutes that's how serious it is and so there's a lot of people out there that are like trying like keto diets and stuff like that, which is you're counting carbs, right? And people are like, oh, yeah, it's so hard or, hey, it's not that hard. Yeah, it's not that hard when it's a diet and you can stop whenever you want. When it's your life and you have to do it, it's a serious thing. And if you know anybody with type 1 diabetes, the worst thing you can say to them and don't ever say it is, but can you eat that? Just because you're a diabetic does not mean you can't eat certain foods. You can eat whatever you want, just in moderation, and know how many carbs you're eating. And then you're good. But never, ever say, can, but can you eat that? You, if, it's a, if it's somebody not as nice as, as my wife, you'll probably get bitch slapped, to be perfectly honest with you. For me, I mean, it's, it's a small thing in this world for a lot of people, like, it's type 1 diabetes. Like, I don't, you know, I don't even know the difference between type 1 and type 2. And honestly, I didn't either until my wife got it. Yeah, until you right? had a reason to. Yeah, Until exactly. I had a reason to, right? And so my awareness would be that because, I mean, there's a lot of people in this world that have type 1 diabetes. And a lot of people think, oh, it's just because they don't take care of their body when it has nothing to do with that. Dang, that's crazy. I didn't know that either. Riley, you got anything you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the names of of any charities but man i just i have such a soft spot in my heart for kids i think you know we all do you know i did i spent a couple of years in south africa and like it i was telling a coworker the other day a story about walking around and how there's a group of like 12 kids literally pushing a tire down a hill they'll run next to it run after it and push it right back up the hill you know no shoes and they're just as happy as can be that's their entertainment and, you know, I, I know that a lot of those kids were 
hungry and nothing will make me emotional quicker than just thinking about like, you know, my nieces or my nephews. There's a lot of hungry kids in the world. Um, I know if I had a lot of money, then I would be in a position to, you know, I, if I was in that position, I would definitely look for ways to, to feed these kids as for what they would look like. I don't know, man. I, I love, I love just about every color. So I probably would have some pretty colorful cleats just to draw some attention to them. And most definitely the talking football logo would be on those cleats somewhere, somewhere where it's easy to see on TV while I'm making a play. That's awesome. Well, I mean, we thought that we wouldn't have that much to talk about today, and we still ended up with a solid episode, I think. So, boys, thank you for joining on this Wednesday night. I really do appreciate it. And everyone that listened and downloaded, we appreciate you guys. And tonight we've been talking football.